Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. If you want to relive or maybe even pretend you were around when the famous Limerick Hurling team lifted the Liam McCarthy Cup winning the All-Ireland in 1973, 50 years ago, then you'll certainly want to read a new book that's being launched. Keeping the Dream Alive, the story of Limerick's historic All-Ireland success 50 years on, takes a look at all of the achievements of the Limerick Hurling team in 1973. And uh, one of the co-authors, Liam O'Brien, joins me in the studio now. How are you, Liam? Good morning, Joe. Thank you very much for having me on this morning. And I notice, and people might be able to see this a bit later on in the video that we're doing, that not only do you have the book, but also you're wearing quite a traditional Limerick jersey. Absolutely. I'm wearing the special 50th anniversary edition uh, 1973 jersey that was brought up by Neil's earlier on this year. And it's a very nice jersey with all the players' names in it as well. And you know what? Its simplicity really strikes, doesn't it? It works because it's such a simple jersey. Absolutely. And it was the Limerick jersey from about 1930 up to about 1992. And so it's a kind of quintessential classic Limerick jersey style jersey with the blank white crest as well. It is. And I'm so glad that this book um, is being done and is coming out this year. And I know the planning has been going on for many, many months, right back to January, because it feels like the legacy needs to be preserved now. For so long, it was easy to preserve the legacy because up to 2018, no one in Limerick had won the All-Ireland since. Yeah, absolutely. It was was very, very important for us uh, 50 years on this year to remember this fantastic team and their achievements 50 years on because at the end of the day, Joe, in the 78 years between 1940 and 19, or 2018, this was our only All-Ireland win for 78 years. And it's a huge kind of prism into which Limerick Hurling flows through for all of us. And uh, I think with the recent spate of success, which is fantastic, I think it's even more important now to remember these great men, this great team in this book. And I think uh, it shines true in our work over the past 10 months. Who worked with you on it? Um, the, my co-authors were James London. James is from Kappa Moore, lives in Galway for the last 30 years. And Niall Deegan, who I did the book Illustrated Tales last year with. So um, the three of us will be fairly familiar with each other. James uh, is a fantastic collector. He's a huge archive of material, uh, almost bottomless uh, archive of material. Niall is fantastic with graphic design and photos. And I'd be good at research and generally organising stuff and, and getting things together as well. So I suppose we worked quite well together, the three of us, different personalities. Um, I think uh, it's it's one of those situations where you have to dig deep. We all have our collective memory of 1973. Um, even I, I was born only a couple of years after 73. And yet I would have heard so much about it growing up, as indeed most of us would, that uh, it's just such a clear kind of crystal clear collective memory for Limerick people everywhere and I think it's just so important for us to kind of create this we look at our book as being like a time capsule and we hope that when the reader opens this time capsule it takes them right back to 1973. The only thing is Liam you know this particular team is so storied so sung about is such a legendary group how did you decide what to put in and what to leave out? 
I suppose early doors when we spoke about this back in January 1st I got in touch with James and Niall and we said we're going to have to do something and we just said we'd focus primarily on that 72-73 season with a kind of a, a prologue chapter as well with the lead into it and we decided we'd let the games and we'd let the, ta- the, the tales and the stories like you say develop and tell us what way the, the, the book was going to go I mean originally we were thinking we'd probably get something north of 300 pages we ended up with a monster book of five 528 pages packed with, with, with archive material and photographs that I'd say most people wouldn't have seen two thirds of them at least you know so we're delighted with what would turn out What about the players the principals of the time I'm presumably they're aware of this and Yes absolutely the players have been on board from the almost the very beginning um, and we've shown them early drafts the likes of Eamon Craig and Eamon Grimes Pat Hartigan have seen early drafts they've been delighted with it uh, we were uh, invited by Limitier thank you very much to Limitier as well to the wonderful reception at the Strand Hotel back in May when the, this team were celebrated and were brought onto the field there uh, during the Cork game on a lovely sunny day so the players have been very much aware of this all along um, and they've been very much on board we've even consulted them on certain aspects of it to make sure that we're getting it accurate so um, I'm glad to say that they've given it the thumbs up as well and they'll be with us on Sunday at the Woodlands at the launch. Right. How do they feel now, Liam? You know, having carried the burden for so long and now that burden, that legacy certainly passed on in a very significant way Absolutely. to the current yeah. group. Yeah. I think, um, as I said, every one of them to a man um, was absolutely delighted with 2018 and the subsequent massive success of this John Kylie era. Um, and that, that, as you say, that this mantle has been taken from them. And I think with that in mind was even a bigger incentive for this book that they were able, the shackles were now off. They were no longer the last Limerick team to win All-Ireland. And we were purely celebrating the merits of that All-Ireland on its own, standing on, on its own. How good a team were they? They were one of the best, definitely. Um, I mean, you're talking about people like Pat Hartigan winning five All-Stars in a row in the early 70s. Joe McKenna's his first season, he went on to win six All-Stars. Eamon Cregan is generally revered as one of the greatest hurlers ever in Ireland. He played for Limerick for 20 years. You're talking about a serious, serious team. Now, I know people say, oh, the only one won All-Ireland. But if you go back to that time, uh, like many other years, I suppose, the big three, Kilkenny, Cork, Tipperary, all had fantastic teams and yet over a five-year period, this Limerick team won every honour um, that the game had to offer in National Leagues, Munster titles and this All-Ireland title as well. I think that's a very good point because people do see it as you know a singular achievement. And, and, and you know, and maybe even those players themselves wonder from time to time, mm. could we have won more because we were such a good group? Absolutely. I think Limerick, I suppose, had a good, a great team coming from the late 60s, 60s onwards, had a few late misses, particularly 66, 71. And um, I think, the, again, like what I was saying, Cork, Kenny Tipperary are, are so often there to, to, to kill your dreams and put you down, you know. <laughs> and uh, um, but, but when this Limerick team finally got traction in 71 by winning a National League, getting to a Munster final... Um, over the next four or five years, they were regularly appearing in finals. Now, um, all Ireland's aren't cheaply won at any grade. And when they finally won in 73, I mean, they beat a great Kilkenny team by, by seven points. That's no mean feat. It is the huge passion of your life, isn't it, Limerick Hurling? It's a great thing to have a lifelong interest in. 
Yes, it is. It is. And I, I mean, there's so many people out there. Again, we'd say when we start our Facebook page, Cueven or Limerick, it's amazing when you meet people from all over the world from Limerick and they have this great connection. And like this 73 team, it's a bit like like the Kennedy assassination. Like people will tell you where they were when, you know. Maybe somebody was listening to uh, Michal O'Hare on the beach when Richie Bennett scored that famous point uh, to win the Muster final in 73. Or people remember getting absolutely soaking wet uh, uh, coming back uh, from the match, uh, the All Ireland final in '73 as well. So it's, there's a huge folklore, and it. it's it, this team have been really, really. I mean, for the last hour, I heard you there talking about the Beatles, and I mean, I, uh, by coincidence, the the Red and Blue albums were originally released in 1973 as well. So this is like the Green and White album, and uh, this Limerick team are very much the Beatles of Limerick. You know, I was struck on a, a cold morning, um, wet over the last couple of weeks. I was coming into work. And I saw just in his civvies doing his thing, walking up the street, probably to work, the current hurling captain, the current Limerick hurling captain, Declan. And it really struck me, this is what makes it a game of the people and always has. A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The current generation of players as well. There's such a fantastic example to our young people. Humility, I think... Uh, from my perspective I think G has to always stay amateur in that the people the players participating must always be part of society of course they must be looked after and stuff like that but they must always be part of the people and not be separated from the people like professional sports people and I mean that came very clear to us as well I mean we've been talking to Limerick's top top hurlers over the last nine or ten months and thankfully getting to know them as well the likes of Eamon Grimes and Eamon Cregan and Pat Hartigan and all these wonderful players Bernie Hartigan and like even though they're supremely confident in their knowledge and speaking about hurling, they're wonderfully humble people who genuinely have an appreciation for Limerick and what it means to Limerick as well. Now, there's a tip woman producing this morning. She's shouting, wrap it up, wrap it up. (laughs) (laughs) Move on, lads, move on. But listen, it's a fantastic book. It looks amazing. A favourite photo in it for you? Um... God, there's several favourite photos, I suppose, but they, there's probably one um, from the uh, Michael Martin archive, which actually we got access to for the book. And uh, it's in the middle of the book where the players are all waiting for the cup to be presented. And you see so many players looking in different directions, different emotions. Uh, Eamon Cregan is kind of squatting down and just looking into space like a thousand yard stare. And it's just this wonderful moment captured by Michael Martin, um, God be good to him, who got some fantastic photos where this impromptu photo and all the emotions. And at this stage, remember, a lot of that Limerick team, Eamon Cregan, had been playing for nine or ten years. They weren't rookies by any means. Finally and briefly, are we living through the greatest era of Limerick hurling now? Oh, 100%, yeah. It has to be seen, absolutely, we are definitely living through the the greatest year of Limerick hurling. And Joe, I suppose, just before I finish, in case uh, I forget... Our launch is at the Woodlands uh, at 6.30pm on Sunday next. And all are welcome. The 73 team have all been invited and there'll be books on sale as well. And uh, also just thanks so much to, to yourself, Joe, and the team here at Live95 FM for, for helping us out. And just one most important point, the net profits from this book will all be going to charity, Limerick St. Vincent de Paul and the Children's Ark in University Hospital Limerick. Couldn't be better. Fantastic. Right, Liam O'Brien, one of the co-authors of Keeping the Dream Alive, the story of Limerick's historic All-Ireland success 50 years on, that amazing team of 1972. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.